Hey, it's Grant. Before today's show, I just want to take a few seconds to tell you about Hangover Destroyer. Hangover Destroyer is the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. If you're having a couple of drinks, take a shot of Hangover Destroyer and you will not wake up with a hangover. Now you have a chance to prove that it works for yourself for absolutely nothing, for free. Go to Hangover Destroyer's Facebook page, message them with the promo code, I feel like shit, or just happy hour will do actually, and they'll send you out a free sample of Hangover Destroyer. Check it out on Facebook. It's Hangover Destroyer, brought to you by Happy Hour. Happy Hour from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. Brought to us today by Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town, you're very lucky. Or if you have a schedule that keeps you away from home, the folks at Petite Pet Care understand that some pets are fine going to a kennel or doggy daycare, but others prefer the comfort of their own home. If that's your pet, for loving care, when you're not there, give them a call. Petite Pet Care. You can find them at PetitePetCare.com. Shockingly, when you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans. And this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar, in this case, we're at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans in this very hip part of, of uh, Ferret Street. Wayfair is a restaurant and a bar that serves handcraft food and spirits. Chef Kevin White's puts fine dining into a sandwich, and if you think that's just some sort of a bullshit slogan, let me tell you about this. Over the summer, he's making homemade natural casing hot dogs. Nice. He's making his own hot dogs, including the Cubano dog, which is a Cuban sandwich-style hot dog with roasted pork, salami, ham, jalapeno, and dill pickles. Oh, beautiful. Check out the Croque Madame dog, which is a hot dog wrapped in ham oh, yeah. with Mornay sauce, melted Gruyere cheese, and the whole thing's on a pretzel dog bun. There's also the walking taco dog on the muffalada dog. What do you think of that? That's great. And I think he was talking about fielding a baseball game while you could eat one of these hot dogs. They just have a baseball game inside. Is that right? Inside. Yeah. If you could make it through the whole game and eat 10 hot dogs, yeah. you get a free trip to Cuba. By the seventh inning stretch, <laughs> yes. Something like that. I think, nice. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think they are doing that. They also have a three-hour happy hour down here every day at Wayfair. The bartenders make a bunch of awesome drinks. The happy hour is from four to seven. All at Wayfair on Ferret Street. Welcome to Happy Hour. My special guest sitting around the table here today are these people. Eve Trow. Hello, Eve. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm awesome. very happy to be here this Me afternoon. too. It's so great to see you. Gregory yeah. Alexander is here as well. I'm here. Hello, Gregory. And, and, uh, and, present, and, and, that's, that's more the present. I'm used yes, to. present. And Andrew Duhon is here. Is Andrew Duhon is both my uh, colleague, partner, sidekick, and today music guest. Hey, all right. And we'll explain all that in a minute. Let me tell you something about Eve. Eve Trow is the first ever news director of 89.9 WWNO, New Orleans NPR public radio station. Hmm, How about that? True. So far, so How good, right? It? So far, so good. Haven't yeah, fucked up so. anything. Eve <laughs> stepped into this previously non existent position on April Fool's Day. 2013, marking her return to New Orleans after several years away in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's great to be back, let me tell nice. you. I bet it is. In Los Angeles, Eve, it says you worked as a producer and reporter for NPR and for Marketplace. Where did you learn all these amazing facts? Somebody gave me Someone a piece of paper. The nation's the Marketplace is allegedly the nation's top radio business show. That's what I hear. I guess that's true, right? There's no other one. Is there a nationwide <laughs> business show? Is there another one? It sounds a little propaganda-ish, don't you think? But I do think it's, if it's probably true. true. Yeah, sometimes I think propaganda it's true. is true. Well, it's mm-hmm. not propaganda if it's true, is it? <laughs> or is it? 
I don't know. Then it's a fact. Propaganda Does or something. have a dictionary handy? Yes, well, Greg is like a school ex-school teacher, aren't you? I'm not sure. I think it could still be true. There's true yeah. propaganda and false tra- propaganda. Well, why would it be propaganda if it's true? Then it's the news, isn't it? It's just it? trying to get somebody to believe something. It, it, it's it persuasive language. All writing is persuasive. Is <laughs> like rhetoric. something I heard once. Mm. Yeah, Who nice. said that? Shakespeare? Mm, maybe. But it's not propaganda if it's true, surely. Then it's the news, isn't it? Eve, come on. The you're news a news and propaganda director. Are, are definitely quite different things. That's what I would, I would think. But you're I just saying hope. they're not. <laughs> right? Didn't you well, say facts, it could be the facts are a tricky, slippery thing get your hands and your head around. Really? As a um, news director, is that mm. true, or are you just saying that because you've had a couple of these dark and storms? I, I would say that's an impression. I would say that's a subjective uh, piece of, of language that I'm putting out there, that right. facts are a difficult thing. I mean, when you can avoid putting a fact in a story, all the better. You know, if you know someone had a pink shirt on, that's great. If you can't really remember if the shirt is pink, why risk putting it in there? Mm. You know, what, just to have someone write you a letter right. a week later saying that shirt was blue <laughs> and or red. Does anybody Even if you're yeah, just reporting facts, so you choose which facts to report, and mm. therefore it could be propaganda because you're trying to get people to believe your what, what you believe. You know, right? So NPR might broadcast stuff. That's I believe in nothing. From, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so you ca- do you believe anything you ever hear or read, or it's just someone wrote it down? Therefore, it's their impression. Do I believe everything? Yeah, I'm talking no. to you. Oh, yes, certainly great. not. No. Look at me. No. No, you don't. You don't believe anything you read. Mm, I don't believe it just because I read it. Let's put it that way. How can you tell if you hear something on the news and it's true? How can you tell if it's true? If you turn uh, on WWNO and you hear the news <laughs> that Eve produced, how would you know it's true? I think we tend to just listen to what we want to hear. So if people want to hear conservative stuff, they listen to Fox. That's if people want to hear mm. liberal stuff, they listen to NBC. Mm. And, you know, NBC already. Gonna, I disagree with all of this. MSNBC. <laughs> what, do you, what do you disagree with about that? Well, I think something interesting in being somebody who produces news is you really don't know how people are going to receive any story. I've had the experience of doing stories where I put in a quote that someone said, and I thought, oh, I bet they're going to be sorry that they said that. They're not going to like that. Mm. And the way it's received, even though they really did say it, I wondered, is it fair? Is it a little too strong? Is the way I'm nervous about how it's going to be perceived by the audience? And they love it they, because, yes, that is how they feel. That is what they said. So you're trying to be so nice to someone thinking, this guy surely doesn't mean that about Arabs, <laughs> Jews, I won't say I'll leave it out, people. but I'll feel bad about it, which is the way of a Catholic girl from small-town Missouri to be. You're Catholic. You're Catholic. <laughs> yeah. So is Greg's a super Catholic. Well, we do have uh, something in common. You said we I have knew nothing this in common <laughs> but the New Orleanians. In the bar. Excommunicated Catholics still count? Excommunicated. Have you been officially yeah. excommunicated? Wait till you officially, but as soon yeah. as I read the book, then it'll probably happen. Yeah. Wow. You're a recovering Catholic then. Recovering yeah. is a good definition. Are you hoping to be excommunicated? Are you going to send them a copy and say, Bad publicity is still publicity, what do you guys think? So, I don't know. Should I be excommunicated? Do you get papers for that? Hmm. I don't know if it's if it's uh, in writing that you're excommunicated. What kind of a, what, for what, kind of, <laughs> what kind of a religion kicks you out? Catholics. They do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> you can get kicked out of sure. a fucking religion. Oh, yeah, man. If you that's get not a religion. Amish, the Amish will kick you oh, out. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. You can get kicked. That's not a religion that you can get kicked out of, surely, is it? The Amish? I yeah. mean, that's not a religion. That's an organization. You, okay. Uh, I mean, a religion yeah, is something okay. that's sort of some, I suppose you have some sort of spiritual base, and if you believe it, surely you'd hmm. be allowed to stay. Well, the line between culture no. and religion is also Catholics a slippery like one, like facts. Believing stuff is only half of being a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good question. Is any of that true? What? Was there really like a <laughs> resurrection? Mm. Oh, you're asking. I'm not a theologian. Um, so what? So Are you a propagandist? I, I have an interesting memory from Catholic ah, school here. Okay. My religion teacher in high school said, how many of you would still be Christian or Catholic 
if you found out definitively that the resurrection was not true. Nice. And everybody in class raised their hand like, I'm a good cat. I'm such uh, a good I'm Catholic. I'm still in. Yeah. I'm still in. <laughs> and the teacher basically said, wrong. This is the central fact of our ah, belief system. Course, yeah. wow. and, if, and if the resurrection didn't happen, then, uh, then all of this is, yeah. you know, bullshit. BS. Yeah, wow. that's what I was going to say, bullshit. So, but, but, you know, we all <laughs> we got it wrong yeah. in class. That's right. We thought the right answer was, like, I'm Catholic no matter what. Right, I'm in. That was not the well, right answer. I didn't get the bit about the, in the Da Vinci Code where the whole thing, like, the, as if the whole Catholic Church would fall on its face if it turned out Christ had a child. Why, why is that? What difference would it make? I don't know. It's a good question. But wasn't that what the whole book, what the whole movie was about? There right. would be thinking, what the hell difference? Somebody is, is still related to Jesus Christ on Earth. That would mean, right? That was the if, whole thing that this girl in that movie was to, the current was right. Yeah, right. she was the, the great great granddaughter of Jesus. But so what? You know, why would that? Well, exactly. Why would the Catholic Church <laughs> fall apart if that's true? Did you read that book as a novelist? That was I a piece of crap. I did not read the book. That I was just a watched terrible the movie. book. Yeah. Well, the movie was almost unwatchable. Wasn't it? I mean, it went on and on and on and yeah. on, but it was hugely popular. But clearly popular none of us know anything about what people like because it's far more successful than anything that any of us have ever produced. Mm, so. well, I think that's one of the greatest selling books of all time, probably, yeah, that garbage. Is. Sadly. What made it so true. great? Was something to do with Jesus? Just the controversy, <laughs> I guess. If you can, well, you've come up with a book a bit. I mean, let me finish these introductions oh. so I can tell oh, you more. Lord. Okay, here's one more sentence to read great. about Eve. Eve oh, no. loves stories that, takes her, that take her behind the scenes. If there's a boat or a hard hat involved, all the better. Okay. And now here we, come, here we go with <laughs> an actual plug from the public radio person. Eve's favorite snowball is Hanson's Lemonade with Strawberry. I'll, Did, I'll, are Hanson's paying you for that? Because no, we but need if to there get were any way to get free Hanson's Snowblizz for the rest of my life, I would probably compromise my journalistic scruples to okay. achieve that mm. goal. Well, probably. I don't know how many people listen to the show, but at least three. I believe so that was a misquote. That that's, that's Hanson's lemonade and strawberry, not Hanson's strawberry and lemonade. There may, right. there may be. There's a distinction. Is yeah. there where An- they got Andrew's that wrong? correct. Really? Is that right? I don't know. How did you know that? I just. You know something about I snow can read. That's a snowball? Know. Is it. Where <laughs> do you snow get these? Blizz. Snow blizz. On Chapatulas Street. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. You don't know where Hanson's. It's like you've got to win a James Beard Award here. I'm from River Ridge. <laughs> we know. I'm from <laughs> River Ridge. How far away is River Ridge? River Ridge is about 10 or 12 miles from here. But people and never get a grocery out. grocery store. There's everything you need in River Ridge. So <laughs> you, you never have to that's leave like, River Ridge. That's like Harahan. Isn't no re- like Harahan Home is Depot? the closest metropolis that you would recognize mm-hmm. to River Ridge. So yeah. how do you get to River Ridge? You go along Jefferson Highway. You can't yeah. get there from here. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me Jefferson tell you something Highway. about uh, Gregory Alexander from River Ridge. Gregory is the author of the widely acclaimed novel The Holy Mark, the story of a priest caught between the cynicism of his own southern upbringing Ooh. and the political machinations of the Roman Catholic Church. Okay. Okay, now you see where now everyone's looking a little scared. Yeah. Okay. Prior to writing his debut novel, which reviewers have called shocking, remarkable, and a well-wrought world of deviance, Greg taught at Cabrini and Jesuit high schools. Okay. Oh, Lord. Wow. <laughs> You're going straight to hell. This is juicy. <laughs> wow, what about that? So you were a huh. teacher at a Catholic school, and then you turned around, turn around and ratted them all out Yeah. by writing an inside story about a Tell naughty priest. A naughty priest. Wow. wow. Hmm. Any of and your former students contacted you? Yes, they have. They like it, though. It's, a, it's, it's amazing that Catholics seem to like it hmm. more than you know, anybody else. Huh. Why? Maybe because it tells the truth, I guess. Mm-hmm. What is, what, well, shall I finish reading it? Oh, please. Sorry. Well, I, I don't know if I should really. Well, I'll just finish this, then we'll get back to it. Uh, Greg uh, taught at Cabrini Jesuit High School. He's currently a training specialist in Jefferson Parish government. You work in the government. 
I quit teaching Penn. to take a job for a burnt-out teacher, which was a good thing, a good move in 1999, yes. Mm. So and I still teach, but not And kids. now you're, what do you do now? You, you're, a, you're a human I resources for Jefferson Parish Government Human Resources, yes. Okay, and listen to this sentence if you want to get a real fright. Rarely venturing into the city from his comfort zone in River Ridge, as we've already established. Greg loves tennis. This is like Casey Kasem. And spinning oldies on turntables, plural, in his den. Okay. Yeah, I've got to have two. You still have a den. I have a den. And That's you okay. have two turntables like a radio station. And it's paneled, so it's a real den. Okay. Nice. Oh, right. And you've nice. got two turntables like a guy in a radio you station. You better believe it. You, you, you can't, you I do can't believe have it. just one. Wait, do you not have like a, 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 a console turntable with kind of the tweed speakers in the cabinet two, thing, or no, you, you got that? You I have two separate, stuff. distinct turntables. So you're like DJ turntable have, kind of. Yeah, except okay. you can't go. You no, you know, yeah. that ruins the record. Of course, yeah, you don't. You do can't that. really do that. It doesn't no. ruin the records if you have the right needle. That's like how they do in radio stations. They have special kind of records they do that with. But I've tried yeah. it, and it ruins. It ruins my. They records, have special so kind of records. Yeah, actually, my folks do don't know, but I tried it too, and I put that record right back. I've ruined records trying to do that. Perry Como. So okay, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. So. The records that they have on a radio station that you can spin backwards and, and, and well, sync up. It's a heavier D- DJs at a, at a clubs do that. Mm. I don't think radio stations do it. Well, they it's used a, to do it back in the day. Thicker, heavier, <laughs> but scratching? 170 grams, I believe, is Thank what they use. Thank you. I was vinyl. looking for it. I was going to say 180 something, but I don't honestly mm. remember. See? So you know that because you're making records? Uh, yeah, because I'm going to press some records. You press, do press records? Just my own music. I don't, you know, I don't have experience other than that. Because you know. I but still could, I still buy vinyl when I can get it. Same, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. The Daft Punk 12 inch on whatever the big hit was, I forget. I can't think get of what it was. Get lucky, get lucky, get lucky. Yeah. Is super thick vinyl. This right. thing weighs like five pounds, right. <laughs> and it even advertises how many grams of vinyl right. this, this is thing what, yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know it, but it's extremely. Does it mean I can can I go with that? Uh, you could try it. You have to Maybe get pay for it. If it doesn't work, will you pay for it? Nope. Uh, <laughs> but you need the right needle as the key. Yeah, I don't have the right needle. If you have the wrong needle, then you're going to ruin the needle. As Here's the my question about the den. Is it sunken a little bit? It is. <laughs> How'd you know? That's nice. the best. It's a split level. It's a tri-level house. So you walk up into the living room, then you walk down into the den. Oh, I'm sorry. You walk down into the den. So, yeah, uh, that's know. what a den should is be. Is there kind of an amber light fixture involved? I have beer lights all over the place and disco fine. strobe lights, not to give away how long I've been around, but yes. Next show, tape it there. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I did. We could Great. do that. I just have a, one scary and question. A pool table. Are you single? I am single. You, you live there by you yourself. Dogs. No, I'm not counting dogs. That's another question altogether. Though. Is the whiskey in your own <laughs> crystal glass? Have you been to my den? Because I've got, it's, you're Monogrammed crystal. It's like you're describing my den. Okay, so you go to work at Jefferson Parish as a human resources training guy. specialist, training human specialist resources. in which you're teaching people sexual harassment, how to do, yeah, how to harass, how to get away with it, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Well, should we go back a step? You wrote a novel about sexual deviance in the Catholic Church, and I teach people how not to be you, deviant at work or how to get away with being. And then deviant. you go home and you go into your split level den and spin records from the sixties with a whiskey and, and think that you're pretend to be a DJ spinning. You listen to the whole song. Of course. And then do you say in between it, that was I actually do Casey that. and the Sunshine oh, no Band. Way. Sometimes That's great. I do that, yes. I really nice. do that. <laughs> I, I take myself doing it, too. I love it. Nice. You, do you we, we could get really bizarre with this, like, but yeah, I used to make my own record charts out in the 70s, and I would count down the top hits of the year at the end, and I would record it. That's so great. That's how weird it was. Do you still have this stuff? I have the charts. Oh, you don't, don't have, have the recording. I might have one or two still. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. Good. Could we get hold of that? Was that going to be the next question? Yeah. Yeah. I'll look and see. Are you serious? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. Yes. Yeah. 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 71 to 78, I did that. 
Love we it. could have seven years worth of the top hits the from 71, hits. 72 to 78. We would, could post that on its New Orleans on our happy hour page. That'd be killer, sure. Yeah. I would yeah. love to do that. Uh-huh. And in case you're wondering who the voice of Andrew uh, Duhon is, it's Andrew Duhon. Yep. That's pretty much it, right? <laughs> you're from here? Andrew? I was going to do a I whole am, yeah. lot. Yeah. Where'd Andrew's you go to school? I, got I went to Rommel High go. School. Actually. So did I. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I had my, my hero teachers there and then the ones in religion who were a bit more. Was Muscle White still there when you were there? No. Mm, he was a legend. Yeah. On harmonica? <laughs> Not Charlie. Charlie Not Charlie. My Isaac, religion teacher. Isaac Musselwhite. Mm. Isaac Musselwhite. That's a great name, too. Wow, that is. English. Yeah. My favorite was uh, Mr. Rosa, who now actually teaches at Jesuit. Bob Rosa. Yeah. After I left Jesuit, he came on. Mm. I heard they lured him away from Je- from uh, Rome. I, yeah, I, I believe it. Now I live like a block away from Jesuit, so. But, uh, oh, from Jesuit? Really? Yep. Yeah, Rosso uh, graduated from Rommel a little bit before me, so mm-hmm. I never knew him. But he was he was a well-known actor, right? At at Rommel, a Genetian, a Genetian. Yeah. What is it? What's a Genetian? That's the name. It's like their thespian name for anybody who's at Rommel, and that's what their club's called. Is the Genetian? The Genetian yeah. after. I wasn't a Genetian. Genetian players. Oh. I don't know, but um, oh. I was. I was a. I was a Genetian. Yeah. Nice. And you were an you actor. Know, I, I wrote I, I wrote a play and I acted in a couple of disastrous plays. What was the play you wrote called? The Love Triangle. We we shouldn't really talk about that. The Love Triangle. Like yeah. When you were you were it a student. The trail. I was a senior and they produced our play and yeah. The Love uh, Triangle. Who were the three lovers? A priest. Raj. A teacher. <laughs> no, there <were laughs> Obviously. No, there were no priests in it. No. But um, everybody what? in the like the girl you know the Genetians were there. Uh, they're actors and it, you know it's. The girls were there pretty much to meet boys, and the boys were there pretty right. much to meet boys. And you know, <laughs> this is the secret of, of single gender schools, right? It's the after school activities where you get to mingle. If yeah. you do like band, theater, that type of thing, of where they need, they don't have the even critical campus mass. ministry. Yeah, campus I'll tell ministry. You all about it. <laughs> campus ministry. The scandalous flirtations oh, of man. campus ministry. Gosh. So, wow. hey, what was the, who yeah. were the lovers in the love triangle? Oh gosh, how old was, were you? Like seventeen when you were? I there. was. Your first eighteen, dra- just turned seventeen, eighteen. Is your first like full-length dramatic piece? It was actually a play about a transvestite. So in 1975, that was blazing the trail. You know? nice. Yeah, that was very so, edgy. And what was the transvestite in love with a man and a woman? Then? The transvestite <laughs> was nobody knew that 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 came out in the play that that she had been a he, and so it was a big scandal that you know, she or he wanted to keep in the closet. It was See, a long time ago. People in the New Orleans area just grow up faster than the rest <laughs> of us. Because I don't know that I even had any concept of what a transvestite was when I was 17. Well, you, didn't have, you didn't have a French Quarter to wander Didn't have a French it. Quarter. It's didn't have New Mardi Orleans. Gras. It's kind of everywhere else besides that, you know, just central part of the country. It's like a hey, pizza when you bake it. It's just all kind of raw in the middle. If you're about to talk <laughs> about flyover country, I'm going to have to. What, well, where, did you know, Eve, where did you grow up at? Anyway. I grew up in St. Genevieve, Missouri. Uh, about nine hours drive north of here, just up the Mississippi River. About only nine hours miles. to get to Missouri. Yeah, you should check it out. I mean, really, if you haven't You'd have to been. be driving pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you get to Missouri. It takes definitely. me seven hours to get to Shreveport. Child, you can get down the Boot no, Hill in like doesn't. seven hours. You don't even need more time than that. Good lord! <laughs> it takes you seven hours to drive to Shreveport, really. Yeah. But yeah, because there aren't any good forward. roads. We're talking about I fifty five major trucking. Do you just route. skip Arkansas? You go. Like, a right, you gotta go. To got some Arkansas. Arkansas? No, well, I wish there should be some kind of Arkansas <laughs> bypass option, but no, mm. no, no. Missouri in nine hours. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you can French go with colonial Eve. settlement. Eve, are you single? Uh, it depends on who you ask. Nice. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask Andrew. Andrew, is Eve single? 
Yep. Define okay. single. Gre- Greg, is Eve single? I'm not married, if that's what you no, define gr- single. No, is Eve single? Oh, is Eve she single? She said it depends on who I ask. I'm going to take I a vote. I would say yes. Okay. She's single. She says, so two out of three people say you're single, oh, so they're wow. actually single. That's amazing. Who else could I ask? Congratulations. Who Thank else you. could I ask? Anyone you like. Your, your partner? <laughs> Do, well, that, well, that might be a first place to start with. Partner in crime? Partner in so you don't business? Have, are you single or not partner single or you'll refuse to answer the question? I'm not refusing to answer the question. Okay. But if you're married and you give an evasive well, answer to that question, that's going to be married. insulting to whoever the She's not married. You're, married. you're not, not married. You can't be married. No. Okay. I can't be? So nobody's <laughs> married. Okay. It's impossible. Well, is it really? <laughs> Why is that? Because she gave an evasive answer to, are you single? And if she right. were married, that would insult her husband. Yep. So she can't be married. Maybe I'm really okay. mad at him. No, <laughs> That'd be rough. <laughs> no, that's not true. Okay, so you're not married. So that means you single, I suppose. Is that the opposite? Not necessarily. Graham's shaking his head like, what an idiotic question. Okay, so I don't even know why did I ask that even. That's just what you do. What was I getting this at? This is apparently did part I have, of the show. Did I have I something no to idea. get to? Did I have something to get to? That's great. That? Did you? I can't I don't remember. Know. Only I can know the nature of your question Okay, so well, my answer. <laughs> uh, so, oh yes, I was going to say that if you was, weren't Single. If you, I mean, if you had no one to go with, you could take Greg with you next time you drive so back to, to Missouri, Missouri. Mm. and show him how to do it in seven hours. Well, I think going home to Missouri is interesting because I'm from a small town, and I have a very large family on my mother's side, oh. and so these family gatherings do become like sort of a pressure cooker situation for anybody who comes. Home. That's perfect. Gathering. Take Greg and say, <laughs> awesome. "This is my husband, and we just got married on the way right. here, and I only picked it's him like, up at a truck stop." Are you ready to answer to my nine uncles and six aunts? You want to talk to and my dozens of can you, cousins. Can you give me an idea of an accent to kind of? Uh, I did a little sampling of it. There's a lot of people have noted over the years. I have. I would call kind of a neutral way of speaking. I, right. Maybe I've been... Mm. Uh, a broadcasting been, accent. Exactly. I have the, the generic broadcasting accent. But water is something that oh. <laughs> I get called on when I say water. Can you give me a glass of water and fur? <laughs> What'd you do that for? Oh, oh that's so cool. weird. <laughs> water I didn't get. That sounded perfectly normal to me. Well, I don't know. It, it had a nuance. It had a, it had a middle uh, of the This country is what nuance. other people say. I mean, I think accents are funny because I met someone the other day. Gosh, I can't remember where it was. She had a very thick accent. Oh, it was at a seafood place on the West Bank. And I sat down next to this woman and who I assumed was her son or son-in-law. No, it was her partner. They're 23 years uh-huh, there you of go, age see. difference. Yep. And um, she was talking about her accent, and then she asked me where my accent was from. Wow. She had that very, I can't even do it. Can you guys do like a West Bank kind of? Oh, Greg can. Yaddish. He's a, a Ganeshian. But accent. What, what time is it? <laughs> nice. Yeah, good. that was good. Oh, yeah, darling. Something, yeah. yeah. So oh, she, yeah. Y'all going down to Sean Points? Yeah, bring me something maybe. Uh, maybe some ham, some cold cutlets, y'all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. how she talks, yeah. and I'm talking like this, and she asked me where my accent's from. Oh, darling, where are you from, and darling? Who, and who is a 23-year difference in age partner? A former shrimper who... Younger. Who's younger. 23 years He's younger. 23 years younger than her. Former and shrimper. Yeah. Why'd he give it up? You know, you I, I happen <laughs> to know a lot about the shrimping industry because of some reporting I've done recently. Nice. Okay. But I don't know why he specifically gave it up. Mm. But a lot of people, you know, the boats are really expensive to buy and maintain. The catch isn't. I bet he just thing. lost the dream, you know. He just lost one day the dream. he woke up and he said, He found her. He found her. He just like, wanted to spend all his time that with was her. He'll never make a better catch than that. Right. You know? what, right there you go. Very nice. On it. What on does it. she do with the, the shrimping? 
partners per person. She doesn't. She doesn't shrimp. I don't know what she so does. So this is just some <laughs> random place you went to get a pole boy or something. Yeah, yeah, to get some crawfish. And just uh, by yourself? No, no, no. With somebody who was in from out of town who never had crawfish oh, before. Oh, that's great. So it was like, oh, let's drive over. This is a thing to do. Drive over to the West Bank and go out to John Lafitte, walk around, look for some gators. Had a gator sighting. Had some giant dragonfly and giant spider sightings. See all the palmettos and the cypress knees and all of that kind of stuff. And then go get some seafood, you and know? And sit Typical. next to some wacky people from the West Bank. Yeah. 23 years different in age and one's an extra. Well, I mean, what a great trip that person must I, have had. Yeah, definitely. And Sad. teaching people how to peel crawfish mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. crack open a crab and all that kind of stuff. People mm-hmm. love it. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah. The West Bank's another world. Have you been to the West Bank? I've been over to the West Bank. Yes, I have. Andrew went over just a couple of weeks ago. You know, actually, they used to charge lost. you to come back, not to go across the bridge. You know, <laughs> there's point. a reason for that. Do you yeah. ever get out of the West Bank, Greg? From my job. You don't Before get... I started working for Jefferson Parish, I never went to the West Bank. You but, never went uh, anywhere, I suppose. No, no. But... Um, River Ridge has, has everything. But when I got my job, I had to go over there sometimes. So now I kind of know the West Bank Expressway. Right. I can find my way around La Palco and that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Tell you what, that ferry is still running. That's one of my favorite things in town to do. It's Well, it used to be the free now. Yeah. It's, it's like, like a dollar two, two now. bucks now yeah. to get there and back. I think his round trip is two bucks or something. And yeah. You can ride your bike there and take it across and go to Old Point Bar and have a beer and ride back. And it's the... You're crossing the biggest river in the country. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is a nice ride. Mm-hmm. Free practice. I only did that when I when I went to the Gretna Fest because uh-huh. I won Perfect tickets. Perfect timing. Yeah. And uh, you got one tickets on a radio uh, station one, yes, contest. I Which did. station was it? What did you uh, have to oldies, do? Oh, these of course. What call else? Number nine. You The Who done it? Yeah. What did you have to answer? You just call number nine. I win fairly often. I've sort of been banned. They they won't. They hang up on me now because. Were they caller ID there or what? Well, when they know my voice, so I answer, and they, and they didn't uh, you just win? Insane. No, not Sad. you, not you. No, but Gretna Fest tickets were, I was one of the better prizes I got off of that. Do you have cool. any friends who could call for you on your behalf? I've, Did anyone I've, ever come over? I shouldn't the say house? this, but I, that's, we've already done that. Mm. Yeah. You have? So you, some friends come over your house? And no, not over my, they do it at 7.20 in the morning, so it has to be in my car on my way to work. What that's time? When they, you, that's when they do the contest. Who, who goes to work with you in the car? It's not... I wait till I get to the office and somebody does it there. I can't. I shouldn't can't say who it anymore. is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so we're getting into the realm of. of so you give the person the answer to the question, yes. whatever they're asking at WTIX, <laughs> which is typically what? Who's saying something in nineteen? They play. A, they play a record. You guess. You say who recorded it, yeah. and you know the answer because oh. you've got three thousand records in, right. in the den. And this yeah. person doesn't ask to get to go to the event in return we, for their services. That's negotiable. Hmm. Sometimes it's a dinner. Sometimes it's do you wait for prizes that you're really interested yes. in? Or you, okay. Oh, yeah. definitely, jazz fest tickets. Cool. That's right. Great. Right. That happened one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be. Who good. was headlining Gretna Fest when you when you went? Beach Boys. Nice. Oh, fun. That's cool. Yeah. And okay. Clarence Carter. Nice. Nice. Uh, and I forget who else, but it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, that's mm-hmm. worth it. Oh, definitely. But you're banned from calling WTIX now. That is so great. I wonder how many people listen to WTIX these days. Quite a few. Oh, I mean, okay. people in big. my you know, age group, because we still want to listen to these. They say you always want to listen to the records you grew up with. So uh, I don't agree with true. that. But do you, think, uh, do you think that, Eve? Do you still listen to oldies from... 
Well, I grew up listening Missouri. to oldies, so I guess because wow. okay. that's what my parents or my mm. mom listened to or what, you know, that was one of the only stations what we, is we got in that's, I was like to it's, a, it's a fungible term, I think. Yeah, yeah it's a, that's you know, a good word, fungible. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes so, wow. it'll be, they'll define it. I mean, there was this station where I grew up that said something like, the best of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. Mm. Yeah. That's not old. I mean, then you're that's not, not in the 50s and 60s. Right. I don't really know what oldies is. I don't consider 80s oldies. It's got to be 70s or 60s or 50s. Mm. Right. Well, but that depends when you were born, I suppose. It's right. Like Younger right. people would consider Pop. 80s oldies, but I don't. Mm. Well, and then there's the whole thing. If you are into vinyl and you collect vinyl and like vinyl records, then you're mostly listening to older music. 60s, 70s. You know when well, you're funny. listening to vinyl. When you, when you collect the vinyl and then you go to the dollar section, that kind of puts you in a demographic or you know, in a, in a genre. It's not even genre specific. I don't know what it is, but it's... You know, back then you couldn't just record for free. It was expensive to make a record, so the people who made records wanted to make records, and they had something to say. Mm. And not mm. all of them were good. And now you go to the thrift store and you see exactly what kind of records were made, millions of copies, but nobody wants anymore. And so you have the Streisands and the etc. in every thrift store, and that's a really interesting. I like to ask people now, who's what record today is selling millions of copies that our kids will find at the quote unquote thrift store? Not that that's. Kind of rediscovered. Yeah. What's what's completely dated? What will people find no interest in Mm. when we're adults and there will just be layers of them at the thrift store? What what music is that? But there's really no such thing because people aren't – they're they're not buying physical objects that make the music come out of anymore. Correct. Yeah, so it won't won't actually exist. But it's interesting to think about what's selling millions of copies today – because it's leftover, basically. No, that's well, going no, no, no. mean, mean, to be like people are going to think it's currently. Crap. Yeah, currently selling millions are going to want to hold on to it. And then yeah. when yeah. we're when we have kids, that music won't matter to them. It, you know, I think about that with that? fashion. When I think what's going to look ridiculous, sure. absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, you can look back at those years. photos. Yeah. Which pictures on Facebook? Yeah, wedge platform sneakers. My money's on that for looking ridiculous. Do you wear those? No, I guess I'm a bit biased since I don't wear them, but. Yeah, that's a good question because we look back at those old photos, like on Facebook. You think, "Oh my God, I can't believe anyone thought that was cool." Yep. But everybody thought it was cool. You so what know. are we going to? What are we looking like today that we think is going to be beards? We don't know. Beards, mm. mustaches. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So well, it's kind of neat that baldness is in. You know, who would, who thought in the seventies <laughs> that you know if in the seventies if you lost your hair you I just slit know. your wrist. You know, but but you know <laughs> today it's cool. You know, is yeah. it? I have a shave. Cooler. Yeah, sure. It's definitely cooler. You shave yeah. your hair off. If, if yeah. you start to lose it, you shave it off. Oh, I see. Like, right. you don't try to pretend. You don't have a comb over or a yeah, right, 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 wig right. or anything. Right. What was that movie that just came out? I just, I just Netflixed it where the guy had the horrible comb over. Oh, it was a very mm. recent movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't think of the name of it. But it was it was from the 70s, naturally, that, that it took place in. Right. I forget the name of it, though. Hmm, we'll look it up. Look it up while Andrew's playing a song for us. Okay. Oh. What are you thinking of playing, Andrew? Oh... How about I play you something new, Grant? Yes. That's not the plan. That was the plan from the beginning, and we started this. I should mention I'm playing tonight with a full band at DBA, so if you're listening to this podcast, come to the show yesterday. Goes like this, y'all. Yeah. 
Oh, before we get too high up off the ground Suddenly I knew the best that I could do was let you down Oh, the longer that we hung around Would only serve to dig us deeper down Hey, oh, and I knew the best that I could do for you was leave town Oh, and I know I had to set you free Anything else would be selfish of me Yeah, the easy way out would have been to stick around Oh, before we get too high up off the ground Suddenly I knew the best that I could do was let you down Oh, before we get too high above the ground Suddenly I knew the best that I could do was let you down Yeah, these are good hearts, yours and mine Proving yourself so many times Oh, and the thought of leaving you Is leaving me so broken down Oh, and so bad I want to stand right by you But I never would learn to do right by you Yeah, the easy way out would have been To stick around Oh, before we get too high above the ground Suddenly I knew the best that I could do was let you down And I believe, I believe there just might be another time around Suddenly I knew the best that I could do was let you down And it's all right It's all right now, babe, no need to cry It's cause the love don't stay strong It don't make the whole thing wrong Cause all my life, all my life I knew there might come a time It took more love to let go Than to keep holding on Yeah Oh, before we get too high above the ground Suddenly I knew the best that I could do was let you down I believe, I believe, I believe in another time around Suddenly I knew the best that I could do was let you down Oh, suddenly I knew the best that I could do was let you down Very nice. Thanks, Cheryl. Yes, very nice. Yeah, well done. Beautiful. It is. You wrote it? I did, yeah. Awesome. Did you record? Yeah. Yeah. Andrew's yeah, last record was nominated for a Grammy. It lost to that record you're talking about, Daft Punk, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And Andrew is also the 2014 Big Easy Award winner for Best Country and Folk Artist awesome. in New Orleans, by yeah. the way, in case you didn't know that. Yeah, so it's a little glass trophy. It's uh, monogrammed with my name on it. Or it's like laser. Yeah, my name's on laser it and everything. Type. It's really great. Awesome. <laughs> do you have How? a case for it with lighting? Yeah, How? I do, actually, yes. Nice. Um, he brings it everywhere he goes. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's I've got it with, I'll, I'll be right back. I'll yeah. Yeah. Go, it's in the <laughs> trunk of my car. So that song is justification for breaking up with somebody for their benefit. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that sounds Nobody like... Nobody got to see the motion uh, that your mouth yeah. made right there. Well, but it that's was the pretty great right. part yeah. about radio. The easy way oh, out would have been to stick around. Uh-huh. Is that, what, is that a true story? Yeah. So you inspired, think, well, it's probably inspired by more than one true story, but, you know. So it would have been easier to stay together than to split up. It is always. Sometimes. It pretty yeah. much always is easy to well, I think sometimes you know some, some people see the end before others do or you know mm. recognize that it's just not, the compatibility is not there or something and so it's important for the person who sees it to kind of like cut the losses or something you might say and I think that's noble and and involves more love than to stick around you, you think know? you love somebody more by leaving them sometimes Eve <laughs> I think if you see that what you have is not what you want, you have an obligation to try to find what you want. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't mean the other person has any faults or sure. shortcomings or anything. It's mm. just that if you know what you want in life, you have an obligation to yourself and to the world, to the, the universe, if I dare say that, to go try to get that. And well, if that takes you away from someone, it's very sad, but it's mm. not... Uh, it's not more noble to try to be something that you can't be or you're not, that will eventually fail as well. What about the concept of hanging in there and making it work? Mm. That's kind of old-fashioned, you know. I was just no, thinking the same thing, no, though. No, it's no, like it's we, great. We give up too easily today. Like totally. In my yeah. day, you know, not my, when my parents' day, you know, divorce was just unheard this, of. This is your day, Stuck with it. I met my parents, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, but the, is, they that, just is stuck that with wrong? it for better Is that or wrong to, try and, to stick it out and try and make it work? I don't think so, no. I can't remember but the question now. When I said, is that wrong, what does that mean? Does that mean? Sticking together, sticking it out. Not, you shouldn't, not, not you shouldn't try and make it work. Eve, what do you, you think? Do you think you should try and make it work? No, I just don't think it's necessarily automatically more noble to, to work things out than it is to hmm. take your leave. It's not automatically more noble. So you how really would you know? Though? If it's hmm, you have to trust yourself. You have to trust yourself. You I think have to you know yourself about really it. well. Yeah, pray, pray about it. <laughs> Maybe not in a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit way, but yeah, you got to kind of like uh, meditate on it. Let's mm, use true. that maybe. Yeah, I think there's a, there eventually you get to a point, I don't want to say of no return, but you get to a point where you say, okay, I'm going to stick this out. But if you're not there, if it's still this casual thing, then then sometimes there are those moments when you realize that, okay, any anything else that I gain from this is, is of a selfish nature. I'm not... I'm not giving what it is I could potentially give to a relationship anymore. So to stick around in this when the other person seems to think that it's going really well is, uh, you know, that's, that's a selfish thing to do, I think. You know. So one person thinks it's great and the other person thinks it sucks. Mm, that's okay. some disparity. That? You All right. Black and white grant. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah. well, that's kind of what we're saying. Eve, is it, was that been your experience by the sound of it? No, I just think that, um, yeah, if there's a huge disparity in how two people perceive any kind of relationship, whether it's a job or a romantic relationship or a creative partnership, then that's a problem. If somebody thinks it's going great and the other person's really unhappy, mm. eventually that's got to come out. Like, y'all need to talk about it or try to address the concerns. But if you try to address the concerns and then you decide, 
I still think this is the right thing for me to not be part of this anymore, then you have an obligation to respectfully step away. I think people should work on it longer, probably because I'm the one that always gets dumped. I've never dumped anybody. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Like, I've never ended oh, a relationship. I always, I always just get dumped. Right. You can walk out of, of this if you feel better. Have you ever quit a job? You quit teaching? Uh, not it's not what I wanted to though. Mm. I, oh. I, I could well, never you got fired could, from could, being a teacher. No, well, we don't need to. But quit. no, I, I didn't get. No, I didn't get <laughs> fired. But I'm saying I wanted to quit before I did. Let's put it that way. Oh well, that's normal though. I mean, you want to get out of there. I'm you, the kind of person who would never quit a job till you have another one. You know. Okay. So really. Just, so right. what's the reason that you've been dumped by these various people? It's always been the same reason. I think they just find somebody else or get well, tired of it or the, something. So it's the same reason. They've always just got bored with you and they move yes, on and move on to someone else. I think else. so. Yeah. <laughs> and how long has it lasted typically? Uh, the longest one was probably two weeks. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, five years. Five years. Yeah. Okay, well, that's pretty reasonable. Sometimes I meet somebody else. You know, you just gotta, you have to get over it. You, you know? Did you ever try DJing an entire, vi- entire vinyl set dedicated to them and, and, and sending them the, the <laughs> recording of that? Because try to never get them tried back. that. That, that would be... You know, never tried that. That is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Never did that. So when was the last one? How long ago did it end? Two years. That's good because last time I asked that question, the person sitting there almost started crying and said Sunday. No. Well, were you, were you here that day? What is it? Were you here that day when that poor girl almost started crying when I asked her when her relationship ended? No. You were gone. That I wasn't Sunday. here. No. Oh my God! I don't even want to think about poor things. Sunday. Yes, and it's only Thursday. So two years ago. Two years was when it, when it ended. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let, okay. So let me go back to this question. Then, did you have any indication that it wasn't going well? Were you fine with it? I had. In, I had indications. Yeah. You did. Uh, right. Okay. Yes. Right. I think a lot of well, times guys think it's going. More time great. with other people, and you kind of figure it out. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of times guys think it's going great until a woman says, "You know, we need to talk." You know, depends, like, depends about on the guy. What? Both you know? ways. Yeah. On yeah. The or the gal. You know. You. you I think some people, it's in their nature to constantly be checking up on it and wonder, like, is this going okay? And then other people are right. just completely oblivious to that idea. Yeah. Well, we good to have some sort of balance. Doesn't I, I got this thing. I see that you have a lot of time on your hands, apparently. Uh, Who's that? Oh, me? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I went to your website, and Uh-oh. I looked at this, um, all this stuff about you on your website about the book. Okay. The book is called The Holy Mark. And the holy mark is... Uh, the holy mark is a birthmark on the guy's head, on the priest, mm. on the, the man who becomes a priest's head. Right. Like Gorbachev? It's like that, yeah. It's a, it's a um, port, wine birth, port wine stain, yeah. Port wine stain. And people look so, at it like a raw shark, and everybody thinks it's something different, but his grandmother thinks it's a sign from God that he needs to be a priest. So ah. he becomes a priest for all the wrong reasons and to disastrous results. Mm. And this whole thing, this whole book, apparently, Graham read the book, I produced and said it's awesome. Thanks, Graham. Which she's actually got very high standards. Glad to meet you. Apart from working on the show, mm. and uh, and she says that it's about uh, it's from the um, it's from the priest's perspective. The interesting thing is, you know, everybody writes writes about the victim's perspective in abusive, you know, situations, uh, pedophile situations, or you know, child molesting situations, and this one's from the uh, point of view of the of the um, of the molester. Okay. So it's is it sympathetic? You know, is it we understand the psychology? Oh, of let's ask. Uh, can we ask Grant? I, I, I think it is. What I'm finding is that people say, I like this guy, and it's kind of strange that you like somebody who does nasty things, naughty things, you know. But 
Well, you can like someone and then find out some terrible thing about them, I suppose, and that would change your opinion of them. They know I mean, what he's doing. If I found doing. out that this is based on your true story and you're actually, you know, no. screwing schoolboys, that might change my no, opinion. No, it's not. It, no, it's not. Unless it, the boys are enjoying it, of course. It's not based on, on that, but there was a situation in New Orleans back in the early 90s where uh, uh, a Catholic priest was busted when, they, when somebody found explicit videotapes of him wow. engaging in, uh, you know, acts with... Uh, uh, young men, and I just thought that would be an interesting story. So I wrote a short story about that. Eventually, it got published, and I said, "Let's let's do a novel." And, and so I expanded it. And but the interesting thing is, people are people say they like Father Tony, and uh, I think it's because they understand him. So the idea of the book, I mean, the character is to sort of is to figure out what's wrong with the guy so you understand where I believe he's, that's where he's what coming I, I, from. I believe that's, that's the interesting a thing good about it job that, if you've pulled that off because somebody said I forget who it was now that if you uh, if you understand your enemy you you can come to love him you know or not hate him as much at least sure. and I think that's what that's what happens in this story that people understand well, him therefore they don't hate him as much plus mm-hmm. his enemies are even worse than he is so is he it's attra- like the lesser of two evils. Is Father Tony attracted to, to little boys? Is that no, he's attracted to young men, uh, 16, well, 17. It could be legal in some places. It depends on the state. Hmm. <laughs> what is it? What is the age in New, uh, Louisiana where he's attracted to a boy? 17. It's legal That's consensual sex among anyone, though, at 17. It's not at just same sex. 17, an adult can, can have sex with a... At 17, you can consent to sex. Let's put it that way, in the state of Louisiana. Okay, so what's the big deal about Father Tony? I mean, it's just that he's a Catholic priest is the big deal. That's the thing. That's, that was the right. big deal about that true story. It wouldn't have been a scandal except the guy was a priest. It wasn't mm-hmm. schoolboys. If was you're playing Elmo on Sesame Street, it's a big deal. I'm sorry. If you're playing Elmo on Sesame Street, it's a big deal. It was consensual sex among adults. Just one of them happened to be a Catholic priest. Right. That was the, that's okay. what really happened in New Orleans back in the 90s. Um, this guy, though, I think some of these people might not be 17. It's not quite clear in how the book. old they are. In the book. So are you, is this story based on that story specifically? Only I just picked up on the, on the idea of a priest being busted by videotapes. Gotcha. Everything else is made up. Gotcha. Some of it is my Italian family ancestors, you know, that yeah, kind of Yeah, some of it's your grandmother. I read my this. My great-grandmother was, yeah, couldn't listen speak to this. English. Listen to this description of your own grandmother, if I can find it here. Was this Josephine Fazio? Josephine Fazio Quaglino was yeah, my Josephine great-grandmother. Fazio Mama Quaglino. She'd gotten immense in her last years. You should read this. You'll have you the author read, read this. Yeah. Read that paragraph. This is awesome. This is, uh, fr- this is the character describing his grandmother who was based on my great-grandmother. She had gotten immense in her last years. Her breasts were huge, like her nose and ears. They seemed to have never stopped growing bags collected in in layers under her eyes which drooped so that you could see the bloody softness under her eyeballs I thought it was the weight of her ears and nose pulling down the flaccid skin of her face my mother was certainly right about Mama Migliori's looks in the most flattering photographs I've seen the best you could say is she appears handsome like a younger Gertrude Stein before she turned into a man Wow, I feel like I'm on a real show now. That was beautifully read. You have to know who Gertrude Stein is for that to admit to. Have you seen pictures of Gertrude Stein, anybody? I have not. Yeah, no. yeah. Okay, so yes. yeah. she was a, an attractive younger woman, not beautiful, not really feminine beauty, but a handsome type of beauty. But as, as older, as you see pictures of her when she got to be in her 60s and 70s, you'd swear you were looking at a man. Mm. So you did a good job for us here because you've written a whole section on your website called Frequently Asked Questions. Right. 
Uh-huh. So you sit in your room, and when you're not playing records, you come up with frequently yeah, asked questions up. that I, people I, might want to ask that's you. That's exactly or what I did. They're not frequently <laughs> asked questions at all, are they? No, they're questions, just I'd, what like, you thought they they're might questions I'd like to be frequently asked. Okay, that's better. Well put. But it's been a self-fulfilling not. prophecy because I wrote the, the so-called frequently asked questions before the book even came out. <laughs> but but uh, since it came out, those questions have been asked, so it's not totally phony. Were you in your living room when you wrote them? <laughs> that's in not the on den. Here. No, I was in my bedroom, probably. The den. That's where I'm at, yeah. No, not the den. The All den's right. just for music and pool okay. and drinking. Not writing, right. Not right. No, you don't write in the den, then. No. Where do you write? Do you have I, an office special spot? I write in my bedroom. That's where the computer is, so that's where I write. That's right. where the magic happens, in the yeah. bedroom. Just remember that, okay? If <laughs> he asks you out afterwards. Yeah. So here's a question from the Frequently Asked Questions. How did you come up with the birthmark as a symbol? Andrew, you can read the answer. Okay. I honestly don't remember how the idea came to me originally, but as the project grew from a short story to a novel, the birthmark took on more and more significance. Ronnie, the narrator's gay cousin, comes closest to nailing down the birthmark as a symbol when he, fa- when he tells Father Tony that it is his passion. Father Tony is somehow developmentally stunted sexually. His holy mark reacts to the stimulation, but much... Oh, stimulation much as a normal man would react sexually. The birthmark is covered up through most of the novel, either by Joe's real hair or Father Tony's toupees, and only when it is exposed does he engage in erotic exploits. Yeah, the birthmark is kind of an erotic symbol, and Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's covered up. When you're a child, it's covered up because you have hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, And where where is it on his head? It's on the back, on the crown of his head. It's on the crown of his head. I haven't read the book, but I kind of like the imagery in a sense that uh, it's it's something that we uh, we're kind of aghast of when we first see it, but Mm -hmm. in reality was there since birth and isn't really their fault. True. Yeah, but I was interested in the sentence. I was interested in the sentence where it suggests that like the birthmark gets a hard on or something. The birthmark gets swollen, gets red. It just does stuff like that, you know? Okay. And it becomes a little bit more pronounced, I guess we could say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't get erect. <laughs> no, no, it, That's it, what I took that sentence to It's not to science mean. fiction. But it's the closest <laughs> Father Tony comes to that, you know? Yeah. He has problems. <laughs> he can't get it up either. That's right. He can't. <laughs> okay. That's alluded to. In, in earlier drafts, I made it more explicit, but I thought I thought it was it was kind of cheesy, so I just just made it. You've got to give it discreet. Yeah, what's the point of having a sexual predator if you can't have sex with anyone? Exactly. Huh. That's that's why he doesn't. It does, it's not sex to him. You know, it's like. So Graham thinks this is going to be turned into a movie. Does she? Mm-hmm. Where is she? She's right over. <laughs> awesome. Do you do you have any interest in making this into a movie? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't know how to make something into a movie. But no, I mean, sell the rights to someone to, you know. Oh, I'll sell any. I'll sell it. Oh, yes. <laughs> but you haven't done anything about that. You don't have any. I wouldn't any. know what to do. Uh, somebody actually. Wait, do you have a publisher? Is this thing published? Yeah, it's published. When, when the thing was. It's, they might yeah, have a clue. Eve might be able to tell you something about it. I'll show you a copy. I brought one. Uh, I see you brought a plastic box with you. Is the book in the box? Actually, yes. Okay, it is. Show, show everybody that. <laughs> The like box a, or the like box? I thought, it was, I thought there was fish tackle in here. here? Charlene, Where is the it? Box. They want to see the box. Charlene's got Charlene, the box. they want to see Charlene. the box. Oh, I have the box. Well, you have the box. I forgot I have okay, It's like right. a fish tackle box. Yeah, exactly. It's a tackle box. When I taught at Jesuit, uh, this is what I carried around my stuff in. Okay. And when I went home and pretended I was doing work, this is what I, it was really empty. And I just brought it home so that Father McGinn would think I was doing work. Perfect. I really wasn't. Father McGinn was the boss. Yeah. So why president. didn't you just buy a briefcase? Why do you have a plastic tackle this box? This is cheaper. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Teachers have license to be eccentric. Mm-hmm. Okay. So In Catholic school, I guess. What were you teaching, actually? That's the, that's the birthmark. Can you see it on his head? I can. 
I didn't realize it was on the back. Yeah, it's on the crown of his head. So it didn't appear until his hair fell out as he got male When he was born, you could see it because he was born bald. And when his hair fell out later in life, that's when he started to have erotic exploits. When the holy mark becomes prominent, good story. Yeah. then you... Good story. So you should... I wonder uh, who wrote uh, The Da Vinci Code? Dan Brown or something? Was D. His name? Brown? Dan that's Brown. Dan Brown. You're right, Dan Brown. You uh, should maybe read that... And think, I mean, this is this could be just as good, or not. I mean, it's well, got to be better written, according to Graham. And when the when the book when the when the Publishers Weekly hit the internet, a review hit the internet, I got an email from some woman who wanted to know who was representing the book for movie and TV rights, and I said, yeah. no, nobody. <laughs> did you? Did she write back after that? She just said, thank you. It's called follow through. I haven't heard from her since. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Do you have that person's email address still? Yeah. I think That's, the idea here that, I do. that you kind of have to Photoshop this birthmark onto the head. Did you have an idea for what shape you wanted it to be? Did you oversee the art direction of this cover? So that I you, did. The it's supposed to look of the birthmark, like Kentucky kind to of me. Thing. It's supposed to look like <laughs> some people see a dog biscuit, but the grandmother sees a chalice full of blood. That's why chalice she full of blood. I can see that. That's I can why see chalice she full says of blood. you have to be the priest that was never in this family. Mm. She's an old Italian woman, and there was no right. priest in the family. Every family they had a priest back when. They had to Second have one. son was usually the And they priest. didn't have one, so... Any in your family did. of 11? No. No priest? No, I can't really believe that that's true. My mother's the oldest of 16. Wow. No members wow. of the clergy. She's got 15 brothers and sisters. She is the first of 16. Yeah, oh, she was the first God. of 16. Crazy. Yeah. She's not with us anymore? 16? Yeah. Is she what? She's not with us. Your mother died. No, my mother. She's still alive. My mother's very much alive. And yes. how many of the other fifteen are still here? Everybody. Well, Everybody's sixteen have, kids survive. Very good genetic stuff. 16, no kidding. Sixteen separate yes. births, or were some twins uh, or triplets or something? One set of twins, something? so fifteen births. Thank God. And um, yeah, my grandmother was pregnant for about twenty years, basically. Wow. And everyone's happy and healthy, really. Everyone's. Okay. I said this recently at a, at a Christmas party. I said something about my family's so normal. Everyone's so well adjusted. Everyone else is like going forward with their families and work and doing fine. Um, you know, we really don't have a black sheep. And they're like, Eve, <laughs> you, you, you are there for the black sheep. If, if that's are you really? If that's the case, you seem like a perfectly well adjusted normal person. Well, Other I think than being black sheep can radio. be perfectly well adjusted within a you know flock of black sheep, which is what New Orleans is mostly mm. made up of. So, do you think that's, that's why you moved here? Well, I moved here for a boy and a job. Mm. It depends on again who you ask. <laughs> but, uh-huh. Well, you still have the job. I well, I have a job again. Yeah, I moved here to work, um, and I moved here and then started working at American Roots, right. the music show, mm. and. Uh, yeah, I immediately took to New Orleans, as I think a lot of people do. You take to it immediately, or you sort of say, eh, not so much, not for me. And so, yeah, when the relationship ended, I mean, it had been a long-distance relationship for, I think, a year or so. And then when I showed up and we moved in together, that lasted about eight, nine months. And then there was the decision of, do I stay in this town? Because I don't have to, you know? It's my first move out of college. Do I have to, should I stay here? What should I do? And I Before decided to stay. after Katrina. Oh, well before. Really? Yeah, yeah. You stayed. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, not well before, a few years before. Right. But before, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. That's is all he that still here? So true. He is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I met another one of his exes recently, and we agreed that we're both much better off. 
<laughs> Good. Oh, that's always hard. I have a question because I, I happen to know that you're involved in the uh, moth series and uh-huh. or moth-related series in town. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the coolest things going on in town. But That's great. I, just, I, I have like you been? Have you I been have. to see it? Oh, I was good. at the one in the backyard, Bayou St. John. Oh, so that's Bring Your Own. So Bring we have own, a couple yeah. of storytelling things in New Orleans right now. Yeah. Bring Your Own is the locally produced one. Uh, mm. Lane and Nina, Lane right. Levinson and Nina Feldman produced that. Yeah. And it's at various sites around town. Um, people get up and tell stories from their lives on a theme. And then The Moth is a monthly series at Cafe Istanbul, the sec first mm, a tuesday when's the next one month. the next one is august 12th mm-hmm. at cafe Istanbul, 7 30 p.m 10 people get up and tell a story the next theme is going to be altered and i'm the MC of the event do you so, have to do yeah. any preparation for that or can you just get up there and um not it? really at this point the rules are the rules and and the rules are five minutes true story beginning middle and end preferably on theme um We've had packed houses for it. The stories are surprisingly diverse. The storytellers are surprisingly diverse in, in terms of whether they've been in New Orleans before or after Katrina. You don't know who they're going to be? No, you don't know who they're going to be. But it's ten, you said. Ten people. Okay. Volunteers. So people put their name in the hat. The Bring Your Own series, I think, is a pre-sign-up thing. Right. Yeah, to yeah. say ahead of time you want to How many duds do you find? Duds? Usually there's one per show that just mm. kind of doesn't work. Do they get hooted off the stage? No, but it's such a generous crowd. It's such a generous crowd, and it's um, it's also kind of fun to have the dud. I mean, no one ever so far has just completely frozen and been <laughs> unable to continue. Mm. Everyone sort of brings it together and and finds some way to move forward in the story, even if they get completely stuck. Are they drinking? Some that are, would explain yes. That. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. You gotta, it's great. You've got to go. You could tell a story. I could. It's yep. really fun to host it. It's Eve really fun pick to you host. up on the way. I'd have like. to drink first, though. <laughs> Same. You're about to have a few drinks, though. Got it. It's at a bar. Oh, I that's interesting. I don't like to drink before I MC it, or I'll have a drink at intermission, one, and then that's pretty much it. Because I have to sort of... You got to keep your wits about yeah, you. Yeah, I you have can't to be rambling on. to the next I only one. I can't burst into tears. a couple of whiskeys, actually. Mm. Right. Well, I'm going to have to make you play another Although song. Although whiskey is my so drink of choice at the moth. So. There you go. Yeah. Is that at the moth? Yes. Not just every day, just when you're there? Well, like I mean. storytelling, like Hemingway or something. Particularly for that, yes. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know why. I what that is. Altered. That's the That's, that's the, the next theme is altered. The one this past week was Pride. Pride. See, I, I I can see where your your gears might be turning here mm, because you're yes. going to use the word as a you know like a perhaps altar an boy. A l t a r. I wanted to spell it. Yeah, I get it. But couldn't you couldn't you play that word and be that person and spell it? Sure. Do that. Are they supposed to be funny? Well, they're not supposed to be anything. Some are very touching. Some right. are some are inadvertently funny. Some, I mean, there's a funny thing with crowds. People tend to laugh nervously when they're uncomfortable anyway. So you'll get a very serious story, and people will sort of laugh as a as a reflex. Or um, I was in a relationship for a long time with a very successful improv artist, and I noted that the fact that it's improv comedy made people feel like they're sort of watching a high wire act and so they're much more generous than mm. with say stand up because they they're amazed at what's going on they're amazed that the players are making all this stuff up and they would laugh so hard at stuff that 
um, the funniest stuff, the biggest laughs were always things that were just so true. Mm. It's a cheesy phrase. That's it's it. funny because it's true. There would just be the reality of um, there was one time the they were a trio of guys and the scene that developed was of a teacher actually a school teacher who was teaching Moby Dick and who had then it became very clear never read Moby Dick (laughs) (laughs) and the crowd was just so loving it so loving it and it was just I mean everything down to like the pencils anything that triggers memory and and identification people are like oh yeah that was so funny the way you know the that we use these pencils for the tests or whatever, you know. Do people read this? So they have to. They have to. Oh, for the moth? No, the moth is is, is no notes. I and mean, some people have it. scripted oh. it. Some, some people have clearly prepared, but other people just get up there and and go for it. Interesting. Um, five minutes, you get a little whistle that when you're at five. And you get five minutes no matter how bad you are. <laughs> no, no, you no one's pulled off early. No. <laughs> You got to do it, Greg. Come on, yanked yeah. off the stage with yeah, the cane. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, but that's been a nice benefit. It's nice to not be the news director in those roles. Mm-hmm. I actually so yesterday I was interviewing people about the reaction to the Ray Nagin sentencing. Mm. And I had my headphones on and my recorder out, and I'm in you know reporter mode, and I I go out to just get we call it Vox in radio, Vox Populi is where that comes from. So like just people around, and uh, this woman said, oh, oh. I, I asked her the question. I, said, I kind of do a little spiel when I'm doing this. And all radio people hate getting Vox. It's like the worst thing. So you have to go up to strangers, and they don't know. You don't know if they're going to have anything good to say or not. She's sitting in front of a coffee shop. She's on her phone. I said, you know, excuse me. I just i am reporting a story. This was for national public radio, not local. Uh, getting reactions to the Nagin sentencing. She said, I really haven't been following it. But are you Eve Tro from the mall? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> like that? Well, yes, hilarious. I am. You turned it up a little bit. Right. Like, I'm trying to be a serious journalist here, and someone's like, wait, you were just on stage <laughs> last night cracking jokes. Hey, talking about Eve Tro from the mall and from Missouri, mm. when your name is spelled T-R-O-E-H. It's mm. true. I, I know. I had nothing to do with what that. What kind of a name is that? Where does it come from? Uh, I'm told from my father that it's Alsatian, so it's like a French-German thing. Okay, Alsace, sounds made up. Alsace-Lorraine. Does it mean Clearly anything? A, uh, it means beautiful, charming, talented witty. woman. Yeah, yeah. witty. Okay. Uh, all of those. That's Are you what making it means. that part up? That's Definitely really what it means. Not. Yeah, it's That's totally improv, what it means. Right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Can we have one more song yeah, before sure. we have to get out of here? We have to get out of here right now. But what the hell? For you, Grant, anything. Thank you. It's been a long time since I've heard that. So this is the last show I'm going to be around, Grant, for a while. I know, you're going on tour. Where are you off to? Off to the UK. So I think I'll play you a song that I wrote over there. Okay. When it turned out that um, all the little small towns around London were way cooler than, uh, than London itself. Well, for certain practices. Because I had planned all this time in London to sightsee and do all the London things and then I realized that I really liked the uh, the little towns where there was just one pub where you could play and that was about it and, and so I wrote a song about it well I'm dodging London puddles still I'm so to the sides this bus coming is the one I need But this ain't where that bus stops Oh, I'm turned around downtown Drowning on the sidewalk 
And if you stand still at the station, you're in someone else's way. Everybody's got a place to go, and everybody's late. Oh, the heart of these big cities, oh, they grow a little cold for my taste. But the small towns that surround London, they're just a train right away. And you can get your bearings there in half a day's time. And all the people will say hi, and we're trying to go today. And did you say you were from New Orleans? Oh, that's a place I always wanted to see. All the small towns that surround London, that's where I go to get away. When I feel the time start to get away from me. Here where that London city center Holds the riches of the queen And a thousand other priceless things That you ain't never seen But in the small towns around London All the riches come for free You catch a smile from an old man Make a new friend at the newsstand Trade accents with the girls at the cafe Spend an evening Spend an hour I bet a pound to your dollar That you'll stay Oh, the small towns That surround London They're just a train right away And you can get your bearings There in half a day's time And all the people say hi And we're trying to go today did you say you were from New Orleans? Oh, that's a place I always wanted to see. Oh, all the small towns that surround London. That's where I go to get away. When I feel the time start to get away from me. Oh, when I feel the time start to get away from me. Very nice. Oh, thanks, y'all. Really nice. Andrew Duham. On the road. So if you happen to be listening to this in the United Kingdom, <laughs> yeah. we could just look at andrewduhon.com sure. and find out where you're going to be for what, August? Yeah, middle July. So Mid-July. Through early August, and then I'll be Spain for a couple of shows, and then I'll come on back okay. to Boston, actually. So I'm going to come uh, okay. Mm. And this is 2014, in case you listen to this <laughs> at some time in the future, which yeah. strangely enough people and if, do. And if you're out there in the universe, maybe Mars or further, we come in peace. Right, like the beginning of that movie, Contact, when the radio yeah. waves go out, out, out. Yep. Can mm-hmm. I ask a quick question? Yeah. Who signed the guitar? Good question. Uh, it's, his name is Bob Tobin. He's a f- old-timer from North Carolina who I met uh, at 3 a.m. around a kitchen table at a songwriter festival in Alabama, and I thought to myself, if I see that guy again, I'm going to get him to sign my guitar. And I saw him the next day, and he kind of grabbed me by the shoulder, and he said, Hey, I caught your set today. It was really good. Would you sign my guitar? And I was like, No way. I want you to sign my guitar. And we were the first people to sign each other's guitars. So I'm going to get more people to sign it, but for now, he's the only one. You'll be in Spain, you said? Yep. Where? Uh, The Costa Blanca. Uh, So it'll be Bella de Neige and Javia are the two shows. You're not thinking of leaving Harahan, are you? River Ridge. Oh, sorry, River Please. Ridge. Har- oh, the Harahan's the How could I have? Harahan's the problem. Between Harahan and River Ridge is the 13-year-old boys baseball team, and Harahan always beats the shit out of the River Ridge kids. But other than that, they're the same. 
Uh, you still <laughs> bitter a about that? <laughs> it's a worthwhile <laughs> distinction. You're not going to Spain, Greg, eh? I actually went to Spain with my friend over here uh, three years ago. So yeah. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My friend over here is just a friend. Though. It's not She's a, just a, we, we, a we, were, we taught at Jesuit together. Nice. So, uh, oh, I yeah. see. Okay. So she knows quite a lot about you. She knows a lot. Yeah. Too much. Mm-hmm. Should have had her on the show as well. Next Just time. to check them, you know. Mm-hmm. Next time. When, uh, when Get her to sell the film rights for the book to you. She might have a few clues. Say that again. I'm sorry. Get her to s- sell the film rights to your book for you. Oh. She might know what's going on. Graham will do it. Graham will represent you. <laughs> you. You have an agent? I'm for sale. Do you have an agent, Greg? Before we've got to get out of here, but I had a useless agent, and uh, yeah. finally we dumped each other. See the, the dumping theme again, but uh, so no, I don't okay. have an agent. Okay, I'm the answer is no. All right, well, no, no. I got a, I got a list of ten things here that Eve Tro can't live without, oh, but I didn't get to get that. that. I don't know somewhere would on you, the. Would internet. you like to read them off while I play you an instrumental? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Right. Here are ten things I can't do without. Oh, I'll read them. You can re- Eve can read her own. Well, here are ten things I'll tell you I cannot do without. (laughs) Neighborhood breakfast, diners, public parks to walk, hike, or run. Blank note cards and pen, avocados, or alligator pears. That's what my grandma called them, but I never did say it myself. (laughs) Number five is cotton sundresses. Number six, long talks with friends. Number seven is lasagna. I kind of turned into Garfield. Don't want to step on that. Number eight, a good soundtrack. Well, I got one of those right here. Dancing in the living rooms, number nine. Number ten, Angelo Bricados. Thanks, Yeah. Andrew. Oh, too nice. Too nice. That was good. Well, you've got a great voice. You can uh, really, what are you learning from Kai Rizdahl, I think. I saw her interview Kai, and now, you know, it's just like, you know. Rolls off the we know, we know where we know where she gets it from. Oh, what a go. great way to end today's show! Thank you so much for <laughs> joining welcome. us, everybody. Our guests on Happy Hour today have been Eve Tro and Gregory Alexander. You can find out more about both of them by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. Our show is produced today by Graham DePonte, our associate producer and technical director. Is Chris Kehoe, Christian Unruh as our music director, and Joshua Brown as our music coordinator. The theme song that you're currently listening to is being played by Mitch Foreman, who also wrote it. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. For more information about their wide range of sound recording equipment and software, check them out at PreSonus.com. If you'd like to be on our show, you can sit upright around the table for about an hour. Drop us a line. Our address is on our website, where you can also listen to many other happy hours. And our other shows as well. Out to lunch with Peter Rusciutti, live from Commander's Palace. Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the game with the fabulous Chris True and Tammy Nelson. Vietnam, our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community. And Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada. You can keep up with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. And all of it, where it's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com. And on Facebook, you can find out what we all look like. I know, shocking. Sorry, Greg. Those photos are taken by the fabulous Douglas Engel, the man in the blue T-shirt. If you listen to this show on iTunes, on Stitcher or Swell or some other podcast app that you like better, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us. That really does help other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street, home of the handcrafted food and spirits where they put fine dining into a sandwich and into a hot dog as well. Come and check out these hot dogs. Play ball. Come on. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com for Andrew Duhon, who is on the road. 
and back in a few weeks. In the meantime, Sayonara, check them out, suckers. <laughs> and everyone else sitting around the table here at Wayfair, and those Thanks, people Grant. back at our office at INO Broadcasting. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you back here next time on Happy, Happy Hour. Hours.